Hey everyone, welcome to episode one of Sass and Sage. I'm Dylan Zagray. And I'm Lynn Wilson. Thank you so much for being here for this new adventure that Lynn and I are embarking on. You know, we talk about marketing pretty much every night after dinner. So we, one day we're like, why don't we just record one of these conversations <laughs> to help business owners and marketers effectively market their businesses? Exactly, exactly. So that's what the purpose of SaaS and Sage is. And we wanted to try to eliminate all of the jargon that is ubiquitous online or sometimes when you talk to people. We wanted just to have fun and just talk about marketing, which is a huge passion of Lynn and myself. Right. And then also we just want to tell it like it is. There's We don't need to go into big um, details or it's not, it doesn't have to be so difficult. We can just go and talk about our thoughts on how the best way to do what we do. Exactly. So that is a great segue to what we were hoping for this first episode to be. Where to begin with marketing? Marketing and digital marketing, especially such a wide gamut of areas from websites, email marketing, to social media, to paid advertising. It's difficult sometimes to even know where to begin. And sometimes it feels overwhelming that you just want to try everything at once, which is not the best approach. Exactly. So when I thought about this topic of where to start with marketing strategy, I started with, um, rather than what tactic to start with, uh, my mind went to where do you begin when you're thinking? So Dylan, I don't know what your first thought was, but my first thought was you need to start with what has been done or what you're doing now. So you need to kind of look at the current marketing activity to start with, to put into perspective before you go to plan something else. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Sometimes it's tempting to just want to go and try the latest and greatest thing or you hear a buzzword and want to latch onto it and go try that tactic. But if you don't audit basically what you've done and the successes and pitfalls that you experienced, then you're never going to actually be able to make progress in that way. Right, or you won't be able to track your progress because you don't know where you started. So when you started doing something, you don't know what effect it actually had because there was no baseline to start with. So my first thought was document at least what you have done and what you're doing now before you go on to planning something different. Yeah, so if we look at it from two different perspectives, right? So someone who has perhaps tried to market their business in the past and needs basically a fresh slate and wants to learn how to do that, or someone who's just starting their business and has no idea the process or the best path to follow in that way. So while you took a look at it from not ever marketing your business in really a strategic fashion, I tried to take a step further back of, I have a business, I just started it, so how do I even begin the process of strategically marketing? And for, in my opinion, it starts with research. I think this is where a lot of businesses that you and I work with, one of their pitfalls early on is that research is not always fun. It's not the exciting stuff, but not having a strong understanding of the marketing landscape, competitors, the demographics of those you're speaking to, their personality traits, their pain points. You can have the greatest marketing strategy ever, but if you don't have that strong foundation in the first place, you're never going to make any progress. Right, exactly. And that's that was another of my, my next point would have been once you know where you were or what you're doing now, um, or even if, if you're just at the starting point, then your next question would be, 
where do you want to go? You need some sort of goals or numbers or to know some projections um, to at least know, uh, like you said, if it's feasible, is this going to work? You can run some numbers to find out are there enough people to market to in um, the niche you're going after to make the sort of revenue you want or are you priced accordingly? Like maybe you're not priced well, um, maybe the numbers won't work. So marketing to get new people doesn't work if every person that you bring in costs you more than you're going to make. So that would be a huge mistake if it's something that you need to know going in so that you don't make that mistake over and over before you realize that um, you don't have your pricing right. Yeah, and the pricing is key because the old adage of spending for what you want to achieve is very, very important with marketing because if you have a high-priced item, you need to make sure your marketing budget supports that, that you're able to bring in leads in that way. Under selling via marketing is not going to achieve any sort of traction for you when it comes to sales, which you would hope that your marketing and sales line up in that way where you're able to push leads into sales and then they're carrying it through to completion. Exactly, exactly. And I would also say that lots of times people start with the approach of they're going to start tiny and then once I'm making more money, I'll spend more. But the problem is with that approach, you can never, you're never going to get the wheel moving. You're never going to like, or like a snowball going downhill, like you're never going to catch momentum because your increments are so, so, so tiny that you probably, you may not be able to survive on the money that you have long enough because it's going to take so long for your strategy ever work because you're, you're spending so little. So sometimes the opposite approach, you need to look at where you're trying to go. And then lots of times it's spending a little bit more at the beginning and then tapering it off. Um, because because you need to get you need to get things moving and then you then you can ride the momentum and then you can keep going but it needs something to get you started and lots of times well I'm sure we'll talk about this later but a lot of times that means starting with some paid tactics to begin with um, because you want to jumpstart your performance. Yeah, so that brings up an interesting question uh, because, like I mentioned when we recorded the trailer, you know I try to I personally try to balance my right brain passions of my left brain love for data, but I am by no means a math whiz in any sort of major numbers and data and trying to figure all that out can be overwhelming. So how do marketers, in your opinion, or business owners for that matter, take the simplest approach to determining, okay, I have a niche that I'm going after, it's viable, I can market to a big group of people, but how did they determine the budget to spend right, right in the beginning? Because when you're trying, when you already have a fixed budget, when you're starting, sometimes it's not appealing to just throw all that into marketing or a good portion of that, for that matter. Well, and that's where I would say, um, overall, at the beginning, you need to spend more. But at the very, very beginning, I would say do a test. And so maybe you start with um, picking one channel, and it might be something you could take two approaches. One would be a platform that you're more comfortable with because you're going to enjoy it more and be more consistent and um, it'll be easier for you to find your voice and your message because um, it might be something that you like to do or you could also look at your target market and say where are most of them right now so if it's if it's one of those so you could go one of those approaches either what you like more or where you think more people are but that's where you do your little testing um, and then just lots and lots and lots of a b testing because whatever you think the message is sometimes isn't what people respond to or the words that you use 
aren't the words that people respond to. So I think that we're going to want to get you want to scale. And so at the beginning, yes, um, you're going to want to start off strong, but you baby step first and do some, some testing in a platform, whether it's, whether it's Facebook or whether it's email or whether it's um, PPC or whether like some, some tactic, pick one because that's how you get instant feedback, which is a great thing about digital marketing is you don't have to wait months to find out what happens. Like you can instantly find out, is it, did it work? Did it not? Do people like your message? Do they not? Do they respond? Do they not? Um, right away. And then you can take two versions. Which one do they like better? This one or that one? And again, lots of times the ones we pick might not be what, works in in real life so i think that's the best part of of digital marketing is you can figure that out yeah and i was thinking as you were saying that i have on my on my notes here you know after you research to try forming a buyer persona but after listening to that it's like you almost need to build an effective buyer persona. you almost you almost have to have tests done so you know what works i, mean, I think if 2020 showed us anything it was that everything we thought we knew was kind of thrown out the window all of the demographic research all the interest research that all kind of became null and void once everything quickly transitioned to fully remote stuck at home social distance and nowadays i would almost argue that you need to test some things out test different forms of messaging test your tone, test your logos, your colors, all of those things to see what resonates more because that's almost going to give you a better picture of who your target audience is. Exactly. Like I would almost put this into where you said to do the research. You could slide this up into research and maybe say we're not we're not we haven't started the strategy yet. Like this is the last step of research is taking all those other things and then just throwing it out there and trying a few messages or a few platforms or a few words. So I would say do a lot of little baby testing with no expectation of you're not meant to get a lot of leads and you're going to be okay with that because you're willing to take the risk and test. And then you're right. I think buyer personas are extremely important, but you're right. This will help you be more informed as to what might work better for your persona because then a persona exercise is, is highly effective after that because then that's how you know what to say, you can more effectively market because you're, you're marketing to an actual person and appealing to them. Well, that, you know, you and I, we over the weekend actually just did our two personas. We've been working on projects together in our respective uh, agencies for pretty much half a year now. And we just did our personas because we, you have to go through enough exercises where you feel that you know who your target person is. And for those of you who maybe don't have all the marketing jargon down everything, a persona is basically a fictional person. It tends to have a catchy name associated with it's one of ours is Resourceful Ryan. And it is basically a fictional person where you're targeting on their, what are their traits? What are their demographics? Who is this person that you're speaking to? And then when you're writing and you're trying to find them online, you have a foundation you're able to fall back on. And that's, but in this case, instead of doing it early on, get quantified data you can fall back on so you know this is in fact someone who associates my business who I can reach. Well, and I think the reason it was easier for us to knock it out so quickly is because we could look back on people we had worked with and first of all say, do we want to work with this kind of person? Yes or no. And so you can make sure that 
the type of client that I want is this or is not this. So I think that helps you have some experience behind you because then you can say yes or no. And then I think you can also describe a persona because again, it's people that you've worked with. So it's, it's describing real people because the point is to try and um, get into the psychology of what is this person like? Not, not just about like what kind of business they own or how tech savvy are they, but like what are their goals, their challenges, what motivates them, all those things. And then as soon as we started, it was so easy because we felt like we knew them because we did, because they were based we worked on, on so many projects, real people yeah, and exactly. real thing. And so we knew what motivated those real people. And you can also see um, what messages or what things worked when you speak to them, because again, you're, you're using past experiences and building on that. So I think that when you have those basic building blocks of like, you have your goals and your numbers and you know what you're trying to do and you have an idea that it's going to work, you've done your research and your personas, I think that's all the building blocks. And then you can actually start to make a, like a, a full blown strategy going forward. But there's all this other work that goes in ahead of time that is, you just need to figure out. And I think that that is where I'm sure you would agree. Like that's where we see a lot of these early shortcomings where we will work up a business who's been around for a couple of years, but they don't yet have a strong marketing strategy because early on, you know, it's not fun, like I said earlier, but you, when you already are have a fixed amount of time and money for that matter, you know, you have to decide what you want to allocate that to and spending time doing these building blocks, you realize that hindsight 2020 that you should have done that, but it's important to right when you're going through these exercises, do it at the beginning because it's only going to set you up for success later on. Even though it takes time, you have to spend money to make money and you're not going to get leads out of this perhaps early on. All of this information that you get is going to be invaluable to you as you're going through your marketing process. Right. And I would say, you know, there are lots of people that we've worked with that would skip that stage because you just want to get right to the leads. Like just let's get right to doing stuff. I want to do stuff. I want to, which you can, I mean, you can, you can start doing stuff, but by the time you have done that and then things didn't take off the way you wanted, or um, you weren't sure how to position it or think by the time you wasted all that time, you could have been so much farther ahead if you had just started with being more uh, precise with knowing what to do in the long run. So I think that's, Ironically, when you think about it, you know, the hesitation early on is that I don't want to spend money. I want to go directly to leads to get all this money. So I don't want to spend any money up front. But not doing that up front hinders you from making money because you're not going to get that influx of leads that you're looking for in the first place. So it ends up, even though it seems like a smart, fiscally minded decision just to hold off on spending all that research money up front and getting the information you need to be successful it ends up hurting you in the long run because you don't actually make any progress. You don't get the leads that you were hoping for. You don't have that foundation. Right. And I think that's setting the right expectation for yourself as a business to realize that you don't want to start that way, or at least you shouldn't expect that because you don't just come out of the gate and announce something and then everyone's waiting. They're ready to buy it. Like that is not at all how it happens. Like you need time you need to explain it there's a lot of education that needs to happen or they need to get familiar um there's brand awareness like and branding and that all is important because it does matter what it looks like what it sounds like all those things that seem 
like those are just fancy things and the agency wants to sell you to make more money and they don't matter and I just want to get right to tactics like that is super common you hear that but at the at the end of the day um, you always end up going back around to the beginning because that is the only way that it works like you just can't come out and attack and think that people are ready to go because that isn't how the world works so we need I to wish adjust. it was I will of course everyone wishes <laughs> it was that way um, but it never is I don't care you never so you're right you need to you can't just come out and and expect leads right away yeah so I think the if we're keeping track of like our takeaways here I think the first big one is that you need to build your foundation take the time to research your market, test some things out, pick your favorite channel of choice, whether that be email or a blog, what have you. Try some things out, try different messaging tones and see what data you get, what resonates with your target audience. Perhaps you're having to evolve your thinking of like, well, I thought this was the niche I was gonna target in terms of demographics, but it turns out this is actually the audience that more appeals to my products. So get all that information early because in the long run that's only going to set you up for success and then once you get that information then you can apply it to your buyer personas your brand your voice all of those things are based on data rather than just how you feel or how you think you actually have something to fall back on in that way so after you go through that introductory stuff all after you form that strong foundation then we pivot to building your marketing strategy Right. And then I thought of, okay, what do you look at? Like what things need to be in your toolbox? What's the most important? And I, of course, came up with website. Like your website is your online hub and that's where all your marketing can go back there. Plus the website will work for you if it performs well in search. It's actually a tool too. It's not just a thing. Um, it can be a, a lead tool as well, but then all of your other marketing points points back to there. So you want to make it easier for people to find you. It can deliver your message. It can educate people. It can convert. Like that is the one thing. Um, and lots of people, again, either try and do that in a halfway do it or do it quick or think that it just is. You just need to have something that looks pretty and one page and, it, and it'll be fine. And it rarely is like that. And again, people that start that way um, usually struggle, struggle, struggle because everything comes back to there. And if it's not doing a good job for you, um, you can send all the leads you want there. If it doesn't convert, it's not, you're going to get stuck. So it really is, that would be something that'd be the most important thing to start on. Make sure your message is right there. Yeah. I think you said perfectly that you want your website to work for you because you're right. Whether you know, you're sending emails or posting things on social media or using paid advertising, you're going to be pushing everyone to that website. And if you mm -hmm. want it to work for you, you need to make sure that it is intuitive for the user, presents a good user experience, has plenty of content and information on that. All, all the user's questions are answered and that it provides plenty of opportunities for them to convert, whether that's contacting you, whether that's filling out a form to get more information, downloading a resource, plenty of abilities for them to interact with your business regardless of what stage of the journey they are, whether they're just entering your funnel and the awareness, or if they are very close to converting after realizing that your product or service fulfills a need, solves a pain point for them, you wanna give them plenty of opportunities in that way. And just like you said, early on, sometimes you don't do it 100% right. 
because you may not have the budget for it. I mean, websites are expensive. We'll have an episode in a couple of weeks that dives into what dives into websites and everything, but not doing it right in the first place, cutting corners is only going to hurt your progress in the long run. Right. Especially if like, this is a launch and you're doing, putting a lot of effort and you want it to go well. Um, I think we, we would like to think that, you know, people don't judge a book by its cover, but we know that that is not true. Like the person will make a, a judgment in like a fraction of a second. And I have been to numerous websites that um, I go to a place to get my um, the a salon to get things done now and the website is awful and if I didn't already go there never in a million years would I ever go to that website and then go to that business never um, I only go because I because I know better because I've been there but uh, online I would automatically um, categorize them as a no and Right or wrong, that's how people do. They'll make a judgment and say, this looks like someone I want to do business with. This does not. And so um, I think we need to, even though we said it's more than just a pretty website, it has to be more than pretty, but it also has to look attractive and professional and how it looks does matter. It does. Yeah, it's it's definitely uh, striking a balance between looking and re- looking professional, representing your brand, but then also functioning in a way that makes it as mm-hmm. simple to use on the part of the user if you're too far in either direction it's not going to perform like you want it to so after you but after you have that website after you have a landing spot for all of your marketing you go to then you can start trying out a bunch of different channels and there are really endless possibilities out there one that i had down is social media with the caveat that you need to focus on where your persona hangs out Mm-hmm. If you are, if your target, for example, is someone who perhaps is not as internet savvy as we all are, then using TikTok, for example, where all mm-hmm. of the young people hang out, that may not be your best chance of getting leads. You want to find where your target audience is hanging out, and that can vary from platform to platform. Exactly, and I and I think that's why. Um... Another important thing, once you have worked through, you know, testing and you and you kind of have an idea of your persona, then you do need to create a multi-channel strategy because um, to be successful in the long term, you need diversity. And it's never um, different channels all work together. It's not ever that they saw you one time, one place, and they converted. So rare does that ever, ever, ever happen. But they'll see you a bunch of places. And then maybe the place that they convert is one thing. So it gets the, your lead source comes in and that, that gets the credit um, without realizing that it may have been five other places that they saw you. It was just that one thing that made them take action. But those other five things still mattered, but they were just, um, you know, since it'll never track up in line exactly, you have to look at it from a big picture of just, you know, they're going to see you multiple places and some places they'll remember, some places they won't. But they need to see you over and over multiple times to actually want to interact and learn and then possibly convert. So well, I think it builds it's just trust. Like, yes. And, and di- hearing different messages sometimes, you know, seeing it one place and then hearing it and then reading it somewhere else and it'll look different and maybe it's a video and maybe it's written. Um, all those things, again, different people are attracted to different ways, but I think if you have to, have multiple channels and multiple things because you just don't know 
what's going to be the right thing at the right time. So that's why it's important to have not just pick one thing, which is a good thing. You don't have to pick one thing and be right or wrong. Pick one thing that's the probably the likeliest thing and, and work hard at that, but then it's spread it out into other ways. I wanted to get your opinion on email marketing because, you know, when we think about channels to aver- channels to use for marketing, digital marketing, you know, website comes to the top of the head, social media comes to the top. But email is often one of those that people sometimes brush aside because we are such a like texting, direct messaging culture that emails, you know, you get emails, you typically associate it just with like work or school for that matter. But email marketing continues year after year to have one of the highest rates of conversion, which, you know, I often wonder if it's just because it's less diluted, you know, there's you're not inundated that in every single platform you go to, but it also gives brands an opportunity to express themselves in longer forms and in more uh, unique ways. Right. And typically, um, I think one of the reasons that email marketing works so well is the fact that you have to have their contact information to begin with, right? So it's usually not like cold, um, but they've gotten on your list in some way. So perhaps they did see you on social media and did something and then you could retarget them or maybe get them to join your list, but something happens. But then once they are there, I think then they're more, they're predisposition to do something down the road. Now it might not be right away, but then I think that's the, that's where email works is because especially with marketing automation, you can set up things that happen over time and nurture them over time. All you need to do is get their attention once, right? And then you can continue to market to them over and over again. And again, with super smart, marketing automation now um, based on actions they take somewhere else then the email that comes to them can be uh, customized to that situation so I think there's a lot of things people want personal marketing they want to um, you know that I came here and bought this so don't send me an email asking me to buy that because I already did like you should know that I already bought it and send me an email to buy something else not keep sending me the same thing so I think it's trying to be smarter and use the data that we have um and be smarter and market to those people but email is probably get you know doesn't get all the accolades it deserves because it's been around for so long but it is one of the ways and it still converts very high and people do still read their email and it's a way like the link is right there and you're not distracted you're when you're on social media you aren't there to read messages and like you are when you're in your email so i think your mindset is different too you're, you're doing something else and happen to be seeing something, you still might take action. But I think to the conversion or the true follow-up is probably better in email if you can get access to them with their email address. Well, plus too, if, you're, if we think about it from the perspective of you know business owners or marketers who are spread thin, email presents a great opportunity to get them in place and just let them go. You know, unlike organic social where you're having the draft of posts and creative on a weekly basis in publishing them or scheduling them to go live, you can write, you know, 10 or so emails and get your automation all set up and then just let them sit because as you get more contacts coming into your list, they're going to automatically be enrolled in these workflows. You don't really have to touch them. You can update them over time, but basically the system works for you and then you can devote your time elsewhere while you have this high converting channel working on your behalf. Right. You can almost think of it as, you know, you can get their attention somewhere else and then 
try and convert them and nurture them through email. Yeah. So website, social media, email. You mentioned earlier, I wanted to circle back to it, paid advertising because sometimes the mindset is, you know, just obviously if I pay for it, it's going to be better. But there are some important distinctions to know when it comes to paid advertising. When we talk about this, you know, Google Ads is the one that is top of mind for everyone. PPC, typically people associate after Google Search Network. When you search on Google, the ads that show at the top of your page. But there's also the Google Display Network, which are graphics that appear when you visit websites. There's Facebook ads, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. I mean, the list goes on and on, which, you know, can feel overwhelming. So for business owners who are interested in paid ads, where do you even begin with that so you are smart about it? I think I would begin, um, remarketing is a great place to begin because that you can start smaller. If you can remarket to people who have been on your website, well then those are warmer potential leads. And then you can follow up with them again, put your message in front of them um, on another platform. It could be on Google, it could be on any social media. Um, there's, there's that, or it could just be taking content that is doing well organically or something that's already doing well. And then you're paying to, cause the only people that see that are the people that already follow you. So once you know something works for is being successful, well then maybe you want to pay to amplify that outwards. And so that's how you can get that in front of people that wouldn't normally see it. So that might be a good place to start in paid and just think of it as a way to build your, um, grow your circle in brand awareness and not worry about, I'm going to get a bunch of leads from this. No, you're going to grow your people that know about you because you're going to pay to have your message put in front of them. So that's where I would start before you start thinking about, oh, I want to get all these leads, fill all these form fills by paid ads. Yeah. When I, when I think about the best platforms to advertise on this varies per business, but it's like a starting point adding the because most people are already on facebook right they already have a facebook page so adding the facebook pixel to your website and then and then boosting posts there's that beauty of just clicking the boost buzz button and it uses whatever budget you have and sends it out and then people like your page and they visit your website and you can remarket them by visiting your website but it's all self-enclosed so you can yep. still get a feel for paid advertising but you're already using a platform you're hopefully familiar with when you're already on there posting and they make it super simple for you to boost your post and grow your audience really with just the click of a button before you start venturing out into all the different platforms that are out there. For sure. Yeah. So in essence, don't throw spaghetti at a wall. You know, if you have, if you have your website and you think about all the roads lead back to your website, so you have to knock that out first because it doesn't matter if you are advertising on every single platform that's available. If your website is not a strong representation of who you are, then you know you're going to have high click-through rates from all your platforms, but your conversion rate is going to be near zero because you just are. Or it's going to kill all of your sales. You, so all yeah, that you're not able to be for not. Yes, exactly. So once you get your website done, then just take the time. Of like, where are my people? Like, where is my audience? And then pick your platforms from there. Social media, is it Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, a combination of them. Same goes for paid ads. And then never forget about email marketing. <laughs> Just getting nurturing campaigns set up 
to work automatically while you work on other things um, will be a perfect way to nurture your leads who are already warm, who are already in your system, but they just need a little bit more information or coaxing, you know, to get them to that point where they are ready to purchase. Exactly. So we have the research, we have the marketing strategy, the multi-channel strategy. So now we have to think about how are we measuring this? And this is often another shortcoming that you and I see is that people don't always have in place the means or knowledge for that matter to understand what they need to measure and how they're going to base their success. We are very fortunate in that there's a lot of platforms out there that are 100% free to use. You know, adding Google Analytics to your website, adding Google Search Console, Facebook ads has their uh, backend analytics. But you can have access to all the analytics you want, but if you don't know what you're measuring in the first place, you're never going to be able to understand if your endeavor was successful or if you can optimize it to make it more successful. It just is basically a dead end. Exactly. So I, I think that you need to start with um, understanding what you're using each platform for and what its job is. And some platforms, their job may not be to bring in leads. Their job is to make people aware of you and make more people find you and get people interested in you. And so that's a very different thing that you're going to measure. Then you'll measure reach and interaction and clicks and um then you can look at your website and see how many people came to your website from there because um, that's a win. If someone comes from another platform and comes and visits your website, like I think that it did its job. It, they didn't turn them into a customer yet because that's probably, you know, you shouldn't start there as that that's not shouldn't be the first job that the marketing is trying to do. So I think that you be realistic and think, okay, this is what it does and this is how I'm going to measure the success of this. Um, and then as you move down the funnel, then yes, you're going to nurture and you're going to remarket and do other things. And then you do have some uh, campaigns that are more lead generation that the point is to try and get to contact. But that's only because you know that you've done all the other marketing that you've earned the right to ask for um, the contact or the form fill. Um, you just don't, that's not where you start. Like you have to build up the trust and earn the right to ask for that. So I think that... Um, that, that can be a, a measure too, obviously form fills and new contacts and leads that go into your, however you're tracking it, a CRM or a, a database, whatever you're using. But I think then, then you have to know what you're measuring and then how frequently you're gonna look at it and every month you're gonna look at the same metrics, not different metrics every time, the same metrics over and over because then you can see the progress of what's happening. And I think that that's, sometimes people just look and see, well, I'm not getting, my sales aren't, bigger so things aren't working um which also you know we need to take into consideration your sales cycle because if it takes people nine months to typically learn about it and figure it out and buy uh after your marketing for a month you're probably not going to see sales yet because you you need to remember that it takes time so i think that there's there's that too but you need to look for incremental uh increase over time and that's what you want it can be tempting and you can really want just to go straight to getting leads but you can't if you are a new player on the scene if you're a new business you can't just with the snap of your finger want people to come and already know about you already know you to the point where they trust you completely that they're willing to convert and purchase or use 
your service. You need to build up that trust over time through nurturing. And when you think about the funnel, it's a great visual. You know, you have you awareness is your largest portion and you're, you're funneling them down into consideration and decision. Make sure that you have marketing that targets each one of those. You're bringing people in and then you're nurturing them on the way down. And then you have at the end your decision where they're converting and you're able to catch them. If you get a form fill, what happens after they fill out the form? Are they just, do they just fall into an endless abyss, you know, where you forget about them? Or do you have systems in place where you're reaching out to them, you're answering any questions, you're able to continue to nurture them even after they converse, they become one of your raving fans. You have to look at it from the entire picture. It can be very tempting just to go straight to the decision where they're gonna convert, but if you forget about everything else, you're gonna lose out on a humongous group of potential buyers that just need a little bit more attention. Right, so I think that's why you stick with, here's what I'm gonna track, and here's the path that I'm gonna be on, and then you be patient and let it work. Patience then, is key. And yes, and then you reevaluate. You certainly don't let it go and can keep doing the same thing if it's not working, but you also can't change it every couple of days and then wonder why it's not working. It's because it takes, you, you need some time to let it figure it out. So I think it's um, monthly is probably a good cadence to start with to really let things happen and then you have enough data to look at and then you can make some informed decisions of what to do next or what to change, what to try, not just constantly trying things. Yeah, absolutely. It can be tempting. I, we wholly understand the tunnel vision that can ensue when you're starting a business and want to just get straight to making money because that's why you started business in the first place, right? You started your business to make money, but it does take time and effort and patience early on and those who go through the steps strike that cadence where they're able to be deliberate with their actions long-term see a lot of success, but it's just waiting. It's just understanding that it's a process. It takes time that people are human and need to actually form bonds of trust with you in the first place so that they feel comfortable giving money, you know, to whatever you're offering. Exactly. Well, I feel like we, we did, we did, we demystified everything, you know, marketing <laughs> is completely demystified right. now. There you go. Um, so I think the biggest takeaways, you know, just research, 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 then make sure that you have your ideal personas, that your website is golden in terms of striking a balance between looking terrific, but functioning really well for the user. You're diversifying across channels and that you have strong goals and KPIs, key performance indicators so that you can measure your success and optimize over time. Exactly. Perfect. How simple, right? We How simple. We, we've, we've solved it. We solved it. Well, next week, we're going to dive a little deeper into marketing strategies where one marketing strategy is not fit all, you know, from diff even in the same industry, different mm -hmm. players, different budgets. You have to adapt marketing strategies to your own business needs. So next week, we're going to talk more about how you can navigate your marketing strategy, pick what works for you and then evolve it into something that turns into just a constant lead funnel once you get that foundation in place. Exactly. Thank you so much for listening to our very first episode of SaaS and Sage. Thanks for embarking on this journey with us and we'll see you next week. Thanks. 
Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Our marketing fund does not need to stop after Lynn and my discussion ends. You can follow me at at SparkCreativeCLE on Instagram, as in Cleveland, or online at SparkCreativeCLE.com. And get to know Ginger Digital Marketing on Instagram at GingerDigitalMKT, like marketing, and online at GingerDigitalMKT.com. Bye.